0: Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old-Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old-time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit ComicWeb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features an episode of Quiet, Please, called Wear the Dead Man's Coat. The episode originally aired on February 23rd, 1948.
1: Quiet, please. Quiet, please. <laughs> The virtual broadcasting system presents Quiet, Please, which is written and directed by Willis Cooper and which features Ernest Chappell. Quiet, Please, for tonight is called Wear the Dead Man's Coat. Let me see. Yesterday, that's one day. The day before, that's two. The day before that, that's three. Three days. It's three days, all right. And Doc was right. So well, that fixes me. You think it don't? Well, listen. You wouldn't know Kidney Foot Cassidy, would you? Yeah, of course you wouldn't. You might have seen him if he was ever walking along Canal Street around six in the evening in the summertime, or if he was down near Wabash and Van Buren under the yell of a winter afternoon. He was a guy that put the bite on you for a dime to get to Oak Park because he'd forgotten spent his last 15 cents for a magazine. He'd show you the magazine offer to give it to you for a dime. But you never took it. You slipped him a dime and a dime and a dime. and Pretty soon he'd have enough to go to a scene if he wanted to. And that's the price of a half pint of the brown stuff in the bottles. He ain't handling anymore. He ain't doing nothing. But the cops got under that Oak Park gimmick of his after a while, and Kittyfoot was a little slow in the head, seed. Well, he's been doing that one so long he couldn't work up a new kind of bite, so well, for quite a while he ain't had many dimes. I used to see him a lot around Wabash and Van Buren or in the summertime over on Canal Street. And ain't nobody gonna see him anymore. Anyplace. He's dead. Ain't anybody gonna ball over Kidney Foot, Cassidy, if there's to be any ball and done ball over me. Three nights ago it was. I was... I was coming out of the drugstore there into the yell. It was around 12, 12.30. I just had a cup of jab and a donut. Who should brace me but Kidney Foot Cassidy. He come waddling up, walking like his feet hurt him. That's how he got his name. His right name was Waller. And he put the old Oak Park bite on me.
2: Uh, pardon me, mister. I gotta get to Oak Park, see, and I spent my last dime. you Kidney Foot. Oh. Hello, Floyd. Never recognized you. What do you hear from the mob? What mob? Where's your overcoat? Hmm? Oh, I lost it. You got two bits? How'd you lose it? Hmm? Oh, I was asleep over there alongside the Polk Street Depot, and somebody took it off me. You got two bits?
1: I got a dime.
2: I got 14 cents. Ain't you cold? Hmm? Yeah, I yeah, sure am. Yeah, it's been awful cold, ain't
1: it? You've freeze to death.
2: I'm going to get me a coat tonight. How? Hmm? I don't know. i got to get one, or I'll freeze to death. Give me the dime, will you, Floyd?
1: What you been drinking, Kidney Foot?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, I ain't been drinking. Give me the dime, and buy 14 cents, and I can get some stuff from a fella. Over on Plymouth Court. Yeah, you
1: get to drinking Kidney foot, you're sure gonna freeze to death. I'm gonna get a coat. Well, how?
2: Take it away from somebody. Come on, let's walk over to Plymouth Court and find a fellow and get us a drink. I'm cold.
1: There was a time when I first come to Chicago. That's been many a year ago and I was broke and had no place to stay... I was walking along Canal Street one night and Kidney Foot Cassidy was the only guy in Chicago took pity on me bought me a cup of coffee and left me sleep in his room over on West Madison Street, see? So we've had quite a winter in Chicago this year and I got a place to stay I got a room on North LaSalle Street at least while the dough lasts and and I ain't seen Kidney Foot for a long time and he's a lot older the poor guy is starving what am I going to do? And all I got to say is I wish I hadn't. I got more than a dime I tell him about, and I offered to buy him a cup of java and a hot dog over on South State in the shooting galleries where the dogs are bigger, even if they are staler. The fought he don't go for eating, drinking is his racket, and it hasn't killed him. He ain't dead. Yet. So I walk over to Plymouth Court with him. That's a little kind of alley off Van Buren between State and Jetport. It's all full of printing houses. It's dark there at night, especially this time of night. You could hear his teeth chatter for two blocks. And this three nights ago, see, I say to Kidney Foot, why don't he come home with me, but he ain't interested. All he can think of is a bottle. And, I guess, uh coat. So, we get the bottle from a little guy in a big overcoat like a Mackinaw, with a sheepskin collar... That come out from between a couple of buildings in the dark. And after Kidneyfoot takes a great big slug out of the bottle, he gets the coat. Kidneyfoot was sore because the bottle busted when he clouded the guy, but when he took the coat off him, there was two more bottles in the guy's suit coat. Me, I never done a thing, but I couldn't. I didn't have a chance. One minute Kidneyfoot is slugging down rotgut. the next minute the guy is laying on the cobblestones and the old man's taking his coat. He put it on, he run his hands in the pockets, he wiggled down inside the sheepskin collar, and he laughed. <laughs> hey, I'm warm, Floyd. I'm standing there with my face hanging out of foot. Warm, I think. Warm. <laughs> Boy, you're hot in the pistol. You know, that's a thing. This little guy... You never think he never heard a flea. And he takes this fella like that. I don't need to ask, is he dead? I'm so surprised I can't move. I just popped my eyes. Oh, Kidney Footy giggles again.
2: <laughs> How do you like it, Floyd, huh?
1: And I just say, gig, gig, gig. Then Kidney Footy takes another drink of the stuff and he grabs him by the arm.
2: <coughs> hey. Come on, Floyd. Let's go. Go? Go where? Up to your place. Listen. You're going to put me up for a couple of days, kid, ain't you? Well, but I... Kid, look, I just uh, knocked the guy off. I'm hot, kid. Are you my friend or ain't you? Listen, Kidney Fort, the... I... Who was it stake you when you was a punk right here in town without a nickel? Huh?
1: Who was it? Well, it was you, Kidney Fort, but I'm And if not... it
2: comes to that, kid, why, you was right here with me when the guy was knocked off. You know them cops is awful good persuaders.
1: Ah, look here, I might get
2: all mixed up, see, and put the finger on you. Not meaning to, you see, but uh, see.
1: Well, I never done a thing.
2: You know, I never. Yeah, but how long you think them tough guys down at the bureau believe that, Floyd? Come on, leave us, go home.
1: seen a streetcar coming, I says to him, now listen, I says, cut out that laughing and make a fool of yourself, I says. It's bad enough what you've done already without drawing some streetcar Connie's attention to you so that he'll remember you, I says. So he says, "Uh uh-huh to me. We get in the car and stand on the back platform. We're just crossing Randolph Street when he looks up at me and he says,
2: Uh, it sure feels warm, Floyd. Shut up talking about it. (laughs) This is the warmest coat I ever had.
1: All right, shut up, will you?
2: Back the warmest coat in the world, I bet. Will you shut up? <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. Then I noticed the streetcar car, he's looking at me. If I'm nuts or something.
2: I never said nothing. What? I said I didn't say anything. Well, so what? So don't tell me
1: to shut up, Billy. I wasn't talking to you. Well, don't get heavy with me, Billy. If you knew how stupid you look standing there talking to yourself. I wasn't talking to myself. Okay, so I'm nuts. Lake Street, Lake Street, next... Well, I say to myself, the guy must be nuts. Here is Kidneyfoot standing right alongside of me, grinning like a chassis cap, wiggling his neck around inside that fuzzy collar. Can't the guy see? And we was all the way to Division Street where we get off when I remember the county only took one fare from me. We're walking up Division Street towards LaSalle, Kidneyfoot bobbing along side of me. He's kind of... Chuckling again, down inside his collar. And I put it to him. What was with that there streetcar jockey, Kidneyfoot? How? He didn't see you. Uh, Didn't he? He acted like he didn't. Besides, I never paid him no fare for you. And he never asked me.
2: (laughs) Funny, huh? huh? I don't get it. Well, I ain't very anxious to be seen by nobody.
1: Yeah. Listen, Kidneyfoot. What? Look, you know me. I ain't no angel. Yeah, I should say not, kid. <laughs> well, what I mean, listen. Huh? I don't like this deal one little bit.
2: I won't stay long, Floyd.
1: Well, what I mean, uh, I can't stand no manslaughter rap, see? Oh, me neither, Floyd. One more rap and I'm in Joliet from now on. Uh, me, too. Uh, Look at you, kidney foot. Don't be tough on me.
2: I won't be no tougher than I have to, Floyd. Well, I mean... I know what you mean, kid. It's the same difference for me, see? I don't want that jolly at the department either. Well, and I... so I figured like this. The only out I got is for you to stash me away for a while, see? I got nothing to get you, kid, but this here is the only out I got, see? Yeah, I know. So you better play ball, see? Uh, or else.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: I... Sure, take it easy, kid. Nobody's going to see me. Nobody's going to put a finger on me.
1: I ain't going to put the finger on your kidney foot.
2: Nobody ain't, especially you. Cause if you do, it's where you live.
1: Yeah. I keep quiet if Miss Freiberg sees you. Who's
2: that, the landlady?
1: Yeah, if she sees you. She'll show the both of us out.
2: She won't see me.
1: Well, yeah, don't leave her.
2: The uh, streetcar, Connie didn't see me, did he? Well. You see? <laughs> what are you <laughs> laughing at, anyhow? I just thought of something funny. What? And I'll tell you when we get in the room. <laughs> Is it warm up there? Yeah,
1: it's all right. Tell me what.
2: Yeah, Some my old lady told me once. <laughs> Come on, open the door.
1: Yeah. Keep quiet.
2: That don't make any noise. Don't worry, Floyd. Nobody will see you. Shut it out. Come on in quick. Okay. Say, this is fine, Floyd. Yeah, go to bed and shut up. Where are you going oh, to sleep. I ain't sleepy. What you need is a slug of stuff. Then you'll sleep. No, I don't want none. Take off that
1: coat and go to bed.
2: Oh, no. No, I don't want to take it off. I like it.
1: Suit yourself. Well, you don't make any noise.
2: Don't you want a drink?
1: No. Uh,
2: Well, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Better have a snort. Put you to sleep.
1: Well, I'll have a little. It's so bad. Yeah, it's
2: all right. Better where I've been sleeping. <laughs> it, it's warm, warmer too. Oh, this coat!
1: <laughs> I'll have a little more of that stuff. Sure.
2: <laughs> Fine stuff, huh?
1: Yeah. yeah Why would you laugh at that?
2: Sticks, sticks, be quiet. <laughs> oh, I have to laugh. You know, my old lady told me once when I was a kid. Keep it down. <laughs> keep it down. <laughs> yeah, there was an old saying. Shh. Uh, there was an old saying. Uh, let me see now. Uh, um, Wear the dead man's coat, none will take note. <laughs> see?
1: What's so funny about
2: that? <laughs> well, I got on the dead guy's coat. Nobody takes no... You're drunk. Oh, no, I'm not.
1: Give me another slug. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I tell you, you're nuts.
2: She used to tell me about an old guy. Um, His name was John Thomas Grady, his name was. Um, So John Thomas Grady, he knocked off a judge... Uh, This was in the old country. And nobody ever seen him from that day to this. Yeah? How come? He put on the dead man's coat. I don't get it. People couldn't see him. So? See? They can't see me either. I can see you. Nobody else can I see you, if nobody else can. Because you was in on it, I guess. I don't know how it works, Floyd, but that's how it is. I... I'm invisible. Ah, you're crazy
1: in the head. Roll over there, I want to sleep. I thought you said you wasn't sleeping. All of a sudden, I am. One more nightcap. Spread it with you. <laughs>
2: oh. Yes, sir? Unvisible. Unsensible. Um, there was more to the saying... Um, only I forget... Well, well... shut up. Uh, okay, okay. Where the dead man's coat
1: and... I woke up and I was freezing to death. Cassidy, he was all right. He was muddled up in that coat, snoozing away as peaceful as if he had nothing on his conscience. I guess he didn't. Didn't have a conscience, I mean. My head was banging like a boiler factory. That there two-bit whiskey, Georgia Tifus, if you ain't used to it like kidney from Cassidy was. Yeah. I sat there on the edge of the bed and I thought. The more I thought, the worse it got. I was stuck. He had me. If I beeped, he put the mark on me, and where he went, I'd go to. Didn't do no good to think. Well, because I'm a good guy. Because Cassidy had to have an overcoat. Don't cop in the world would believe me for a minute. Oh, I need a drink.
2: Bottle's empty.
1: I sit and look out at the brick wall next to the window. I look at Cassidy all warm in his new coat and sleeping asleep the sleep of the just. And well, I'm going to wake him up, too. Then there's a rap on the door, and it opens, and I pretty near jump out of my skin. Boy, am I scared. Well, good morning, Floyd. Good morning, Mrs. Freiberg. i tried try to throw the blanket over Cassidy. Good morning.
2: Didn't you forget something yesterday, Floyd?
1: Forget? Forget what? He kicks the blanket off. It was
2: rent A yesterday.
1: Oh, uh, rent. Cassidy opens one eye and looks at Mrs. Fryberg. Rent they? Eh? What's the matter with you this morning? Mm,
2: got a hangover.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess I have. Cassidy makes a face at her.
2: The place smells like a brewery. Well?
1: Yeah? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but I- I'll give you the money. I'm trying to keep an eye on Cassidy. Uh, how much is it?
2: You sure have got a hangover, ain't you? It's four dollars, just the same as it always was.
1: Okay, four dollars.
2: Cassidy's climbing out of bed. Four dollars. Listen, Floyd, I got my cleaning to do. I can't take up the whole morning talking to you. All
1: right. I reach in my pocket, I take out the four dollars, and I hand it to her. Cassidy has come out of bed, and he's standing right there in front of Mrs. Fryberg, all squidged up in his coat. He's making faces at her. She don't notice a thing.
2: What are you looking so funny about?
1: I, uh, hang over I guess. Cassidy's bobbing up and down in front of her, grinning like an ape, and she don't pay no mind.
2: You want a receipt?
1: Receipt? No, I, I guess not, Miss Freiberg. I guess not.
2: What are you up to, Floyd? Me? I won't stand for no monkey shines in my house. You know that.
1: I ain't got no monkey shines.
2: Well, uh, all right. See, you don't. I'll send David up to make the bed. You better get out and get some air.
1: Cassidy is doubling up Laughing all the time she's talking So she goes out and he pretty near busts
2: <laughs> You see, you see I am unvisible Oh boy Why didn't I think of this before <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, what you gonna think He was right there He done everything but pinch the old lady And she never seen him did you ever hear that before? Getting invisible, wearing the coat of a guy you killed. Yeah, I never did either. But boy, it's no kidding. Uh, sure. Him and me went out right past the houseboy, David. He speaks to me. Don't give Kidney Foot a tumble. We walk down the street and Kidney Foot deliberately walks right into a guy and the guy begs my pardon. The guy at Thompson's thought I was cuckoo when I ordered two breakfasts. He sure thought we was only me. <laughs> Then he foot slips his mitt into the cash drawer, lifts a couple of ten-dollar bills. He snatches a handful of nickels and dimes from a newsstand. <laughs> it's just like everybody, but me he was blind to him. And then we're back at the house and we read the newspapers he pinched. There's the item about the fella that got killed. Mystery. And the old chills begin to crawl up my spine when it says the cops have got a clue. And maybe they have, maybe they haven't, but there was two of us there. There's only one of us that anybody can see. It's me. All the time, Cassidy's sitting there wrapped up in that coat, that dead man's coat. And I say don't finally,
2: Cassidy, will you take that coat off? Floyd, I, I can't take it off. Why not? I tried it. It won't come off Ah, stop it,
1: unbutton it and take it off
2: Floyd, I tell you, I can't take it off Are you kidding? I'm not kidding, the buttons won't unbutton I gotta keep on wearing it
1: Hey, let me try (laughs) Gosh, I can't get it unfastened
2: I know you can't, Floyd I remember the rest of the saying
1: What saying?
2: About the dead man's coat It's, It's something about how you're dead When you take it off
1: I tried all day, every once in a while, to get the coat off him, but it was no soap. You could get a button unfastened, and when you tried the next one, the first one, the button all over again. Cassidy got scared her and scared her. See, so did I, for that matter. Twice during the day, old lady Fryberg came running up to see what all the commotion was about. It was Cassidy crying. I always managed to shut him up before she got in the room. Of course, she couldn't see him. By nighttime, I was pretty near nuts. I got him another bottle, and finally he went to sleep. All wrapped up in his coat. Or the guy's coat. And, sir, I didn't sleep on that bed with him. I slept in a chair what sleeping I'd done. He woke up in the morning hollering. I shut him up. I talked to him about how swell it was to be invisible. About how he could get in places. Jewelry stores, banks, rich people's houses over on Lakeshore Drive. All the time he kept sitting there wiggling in that coat. He'd be trying to take it off, and then he'd all of a sudden think about having to be dead to get it off, and he'd stop. So I keep on talking about how nice it is to be invisible, and he's fidgeting and not listening much? After a while, an idea come to me. It would be nice to be invisible. <laughs> and it would be nicer to be invisible and not have Kidney food Cassidy around my talking tone had to run down.
2: What's the matter with you, Floyd?
1: Me? Nothing kidding me. You, Foot. But...
2: You're looking at me awful funny. Am I? Oh, give me a drink.
1: So I give him a drink. I went out and I bought two more bottles. Fifth. Money was going to be plentiful pretty soon, see. Hey, he passed out. I sat there in the dark and thought. Long towards morning, I made up my mind. I'd get rid of this guy that was hanging around my neck. And I'd be invisible, too. Man. Think about that yourself sometime. The things a guy could do if you can't see him. So it was 7 o'clock in the morning when I went over to the Bureau and got out my Georgia boxing glove. You know what a Georgia boxing glove is? switchblade knife. Blade about an inch longer than the palm of your hand is wide. Kidney foot was snoring kind of quiet. I went over to bed. I give him a the Georgia boxing glove for a present. The coat come off easy. I put it on, buttoned it up. and I went out for a walk. I went to try it out, see. It was a success. I walked all of the loop. I rode streetcars for free. I took a guy's pocketbook right out of his hand. Pretty near noon when I decided to come back to my room and pick up what odds and ends I needed. I hope nobody see me go in. I went right up to the room. Did I get a surprise? Cassidy was still laying there. He, he hadn't bled at all. But old lady Freiburg was there, too, having a cat fit. There was two guys with her. One I spotted for a dick right away you couldn't miss. The other guy was bending over Cassidy. He was a doctor. I seen his grip. Old Lady Freiberg was talking.
2: I came up to to change the bedclothes, and and there he was. I don't know how he got in here.
1: So Cassidy wasn't invisible anymore. But I was. And then the doctor turns around. How long has this man been here?
2: I don't know. He wasn't here yesterday. That's funny. Funny? How is it funny? Funny.
1: Well, it's funny because this man's been dead for three days. Three days? Three days? Well, I just killed him this morning. No, ma'am, I'm sure. He's been dead for three days at least. Three days? It was three days ago he put on a dead man's coat. He's been... He's been... And I got the coat on now,
2: and I can't get it off.
1: listened to Quiet, Please, which is written and directed by Willis Cooper. The man who spoke to you was Ernest Chaffell. And Ed Latimer was our Cassidy. Leora Thatcher played Mrs. Freiberg. And Martin Lawrence, who played the conductor, was also the doctor. The original music for Quiet, Please is composed and played by Albert Berman. Now, for a word about next week, quiet, please. Here's our writer-director, my good friend, Bill Cooper. The story I've got for you next week, I call Sketch for a Screenplay. It's about a man and a woman in an airy plane, and Hollywood, and a number of other things. By the way, friends, Mr. Cooper and I have been wanting this chance for many, many weeks to ask you what you think of our broadcasts we'd very much appreciate a short line from you as to how you're enjoying Quiet, Please. Just a brief note. Now, until next week, I am quietly yours, Ernest Chappell. Quiet Please comes to you from New York. This is the world's largest network, serving more than 450 radio stations, the Mutual Broadcasting System.
0: Quiet Please was created by Willis Cooper in 1947. Cooper was one of radio's best professionals. He founded the Lights Out program before he did Quiet Please. Quiet Please can be described as a horror science fiction show, but it is different from Inner Sanctum and even Lights Out. Where those programs were more of shock stories, of the the monster-hiding-behind-the-door type, Quiet Please dealt a bit more with creating a sinister atmosphere where reality is just a bit different than what we expect, and different in a menacing way. Things we take for granted, like flowers that can think, talk, feel, and kill. The host narrator was Ernest Chappell. He is in large part responsible for setting the eerie scenes and sense of unreality. Quiet Please lasted only two seasons, first on Mutual in 1947, then on ABC in 1948, even though it was a better program than many that had lasted longer. So enjoy, and until next time, I'm quietly yours to Ernest Chappell. All right, we admit, as far as sign-offs go, that one's pretty dumb, but it's still a great show. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.